Hey, Watershed listeners, if you like this podcast, please consider making a donation to stoke our reporting fire. We can't do it without you. Thanks. Welcome to Watershed. I haven't been to an historical reenactment since I was a kid. Something about the cannon-blasting, sword-wielding, and the stiff-wool costumes make me a little nervous. So I have no idea what to expect today at the water's edge at the Mission Nombre de Dios in St. Augustine, where a fleet of armor-clad actors will step ashore and, once again, claim this land for Spain. It's St. Augustine's 450th birthday. But maybe birthday isn't the right word, because as we'll see, not everyone is here to celebrate. That's what we're grappling with today on Watershed, a podcast exploring Florida in flux. This week, we bring you a story of our cultural landscape and the different ideas of history weaving through it. St. Augustine spent a busy Labor Day weekend putting its best foot forward, and as you might expect, it's been a long time in the making. So far, I've heard a ton of local music, watched the sky bloom with fireworks, learned about the region's traditions. Only difference in the shrimp net and the mullet net or any other type of net is the size of that mesh board. And seen some fierce flamenco dancing. All of this to commemorate 450 years of Spanish roots and a continued European presence in the nation's oldest city. Which brings us back to the Founders' Day reenactment at the mission. Pedro Menendez de Avales, the iconic, if rumored, founder of St. Augustine, is scheduled to row in with his entourage. People are wedged shoulder to shoulder under a blazing sun, and soon a voice booms over a loudspeaker. It's the kind that sounds straight from a history book, deep, authoritative, sure of itself. The light moved across the heavens toward the west, and Father Lopez assured us that it was a sign from God to point us to La Florida. Spanish boats glide towards the shore. People hoot and clap and reach smartphones overhead to snap shots of history in the remaking. When you join us at the Bayside this morning to witness the landing, you will see that he also claimed this name in the name of God, in nombre de Dios. But amidst the cheers and cannons, something else starts to happen. It's protesters flanking the Spanish. They're paddling in on kayaks and rafts, holding signs and chanting. You can hear the men in front of me start to realize what's going on. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God, what a riot! Finally, police boats intervene. When the kayaks get too close, the police tow them further back. This dance continues till the Spanish land. It's a funny thing to be in a crowd when something like this happens. Most people ignore the protesters. Some laugh, shaking their heads and saying, kids. But then I hear a, go back to where you came from, and it was 450 years ago, get over it. 
My ears perk up when I hear someone try to explain the demonstration to a perplexed neighbor. The Seminole Nation and the other Native Americans who are still here are obviously upset by that statement. Turns out his name is Benjamin Franklin. My mother did actually name me that. And I'm here with resi- to support resist450.org, and I'm here as a Unitarian Universalist. Franklin lives and works in Texas. He's a traveling activist on the side. When he heard about a call to protest St. Augustine's birthday, he knew he wanted to lend his support. Resist 450 is the coalition that's protested the city-sponsored party all weekend. They take issue with what they see as a narrow view of history supported by the city. And that gets us, I think, to the heart of why this, uh, why the other reason to be here and protest this, even in the middle of this celebration, is that when you're editing history, especially in an official public event, then you are explicitly endorsing some points of view and erasing other ones. Franklin says it's important to remember indigenous people lived here much longer than 450 years ago, and that a celebration like this is insulting to the descendants of those who suffered from Spanish colonialism. He cites a series of Catholic decrees known collectively as the Doctrine of Discovery, which enabled early European explorers to claim the land of non-Christians. And it really said a lot of things about how you have a right to go in and take other people's lands and, in, and put their people in the words of the Pope, perpetual servitude, and seize their property. When we celebrate certain shades of history, Franklin says, it sends a powerful message about our national values, both then and now. If we, as a city, are people that are dealing his, in history, then we need to do a better job of making sure that everyone is heard and respected Hunter Miller is a member of Environmental Youth Council of St. Augustine, or EYC for short. They're an environmental justice group, and they address the city several times with concerns about the 450th party planning. I should make it clear that EYC is not affiliated with Resist 450. I feel like if you gloss over a certain past, if we want to have parades and statues of Pedro Menendez and name schools after Pedro Menendez or statues of Ponce de Leon, you know, there's a place in history for that. And I understand, you know, people that win, you know, write the history, but they're still living, you know, descendants of a culture that was here for thousands and thousands of years. And that history has value. Right now we're saying that doesn't have value. Miller says, as a local, it's easy to feel conflicted about this celebration. He's a musician and performed at the 450th, but he was actually asked not to play by others protesting the event. I kind of came to the conclusion that this is my home and these are my friends and family and a place I love. A lot of people that I respect are here. And so, you know, as a musician, you get a platform and so... I can I have a microphone and I can use my voice and say some things and still respect people and say some things that needed to be said during my brief moment in the uh, in the in the celebration as they say. EYC often partners with indigenous groups to push for climate and social justice. They sometimes work with Bobby C. Billy, a spiritual leader and member of the Council of the Original Miccosukee Seminole Nation of Aboriginal Peoples. We have really, really concern about how you said discovered uh, this land and started the cultures. This is Billy in 2013, speaking to the St. Augustine City Commission about preparations for the 450th. I don't think the Pantelion and the Columbus and Pedro Mendes, they didn't discover it. We had the history, and you're still not hearing us. 
Billy asked the city to be more sensitive to the indigenous peoples whose ancestors were illegally captured, imprisoned, and killed by Europeans and Americans over the last 450 years. That's all you do. All you think about money, destroying the other people's culture. But you said honor the all cultures. It's just a lie. You created a lie and over and over and over. You need to teach your young one the truth. I want to make sure we're being fair. I did reach out to the director of the 450th commemoration, Dana Sinclair, but he was busy and couldn't work out a good time for an interview. Regardless, we need to note that, in some ways, the 450th was a success, a true coming together of city officials, residents, businesses, and visitors. Ultimately, a lot of people had a really good time, and it was a chance to celebrate a really special community, like Hunter Miller said. It's hard to please everyone, and sometimes it's difficult to balance historical integrity with the allures of tourism. But this got me thinking. How had St. Augustine celebrated other milestone birthdays? They had civil rights demonstrators protesting the events of 1965, just as people protested the events uh, this year. David Nolan is the person to ask about this. He's an historian, and he says you can look back at St. Augustine's 400th commemoration to see that favoring certain interpretations of history isn't new. The city celebrated its quadricentennial in 1965, the prime time for civil rights in the oldest city. Just a year earlier, civil rights activists and leaders had been beaten and harassed across town. Unsurprisingly, branding for the commemoration had some racial overtones. For example, one of the projects to come out of the 400th, Nolan says, was legislation creating St. Augustine's Historical Restoration and Preservation Commission. And in that enabling legislation, there is this very interesting phrase that says, St. Augustine is the oldest community of the white race in America. And that should have been a giveaway that there was something wrong with the conception of it. Now, as a result of this recent celebration, the 450th, what we're hearing is St. Augustine was multicultural from the get-go. This new message, 50 years later, says Nolan, is positive, multiculturalism. But it's important to understand how and why these historical narratives overshadow antique versions of the past. I guess it's a question not of what is historically accurate, but what is saleable in today's tourist market. And so if the decision is, well, multiculturalism may be more saleable, we'll go with that. Oh, we've been multicultural since the get-go, so this may be the new line that we hear for the rest of our lives. And that's not a bad thing to come out of this. You know, history seems to do some miraculous flip-flops over time, depending on what you want. And We'll see if this is another of those miraculous flip-flops. The elephant in the room is this question. How should we commemorate historical events like this? What's ideal? Unfortunately, I don't have an easy answer for you, and no one I talked to did either. But the least we can do is tackle today's problems now and try to untangle them for tomorrow. Whereas on the 8th day of September, in the year of our Lord, 1565... 50 more years... 500th anniversary, I would like to see Pedro Menendez de Avilés, 
by the act of claiming this land for the King of Spain. A more inclusive community. I'd like to see a more sustainable community as far as how we function and power ourselves and um, how we treat our natural spaces and value those things. The oldest continuously occupied European settlement in the land to become the United States of America. I want us to be more responsible and uh, respectful. I'm proud to live here and uh, I love this place and I intend to stay. I think what throws the 450th into a particularly sharp light for me is that indigenous rights have been in the news a lot lately. Recently, the Pope traveled to South America to apologize to indigenous communities for how they were treated by Catholic colonizers. And you remember the story about the Navajo Nation's decision to sue the EPA over a toxic spill in Colorado's Animas River. And we can't forget Ashley Collingbull, the first First Nations woman to win the Miss Universe pageant. She's using her title to advocate for Native peoples. All of this is an important reminder to keep the conversations about history, representation, and the environment going. They're all connected. This episode is made possible in part by the Documentarians Extraordinaire at the Southern Documentary Project at the University of Mississippi. Our music is by Felipe Wurst and The Soon Another. I'm Anna Hamilton, and this is Watershed, a podcast about Florida, the good, the bad, the beautiful, and the ugly. Visit us at watershedradio.com and listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks. Thanks.